Welcome in, everybody. Welcome into the conversation. Welcome to episode two of the Desperate Pastor Podcast. Say that three times. Uh, We have a great conversation in store for you. Uh, If you're here for the second time, welcome back. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm Mike. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nate. And Nate is joining us for the uh, first time. He wasn't here last week. I missed out on all the fun. (laughs) And it was fun. Yeah. Uh, remind you to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We even have a uh, soon-to-be-canceled uh, TikTok account. Uh, <laughs> so we're on there as well. But uh, the, what we want you to do is we want you to join in the conversation on those, uh, uh, on those different uh, social medias and uh, let us know what you're thinking. Mike said we were trending, I think, right? We oh, yeah. We're worldwide. <laughs> I want to thank you all for subscribing and sharing it like crazy. I just can't believe the overnight success yeah. that we are. Yeah. People really want to hear what we have to say. We had like 26 people. Li- Our oh. audience is 26. Oh. That's uh, yeah, that's my mom 24 <laughs> times. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, well, I was going to say I was a good number of those on different devices. Just to, but we are on all the major uh, podcast platforms, so you can uh, search Desperate Pastor Podcast, and you'll find us pretty easily there. So. Well, as we welcome you in, uh, one of the things we decided as part of our uh, just getting to know you kind of thing, we want you to know who we are, and we'd love to get to know who you are. Uh, we have questions that need answers, and one of the ones, one of our go-to ones often in youth group and in church is the uh, toilet paper, you know, the right way to put toilet paper on the toilet paper holder, and uh, the answers are various. There are some people who get really creative. Uh, of course, the right answer... Over... Over the top. I mean, that's the right answer. Yes. I have a friend that says, I, was I, just, nervous. I make sure we have, we just have to have toilet paper. Actually, in my house, the correct answer is a half a roll sitting on top of the holder, <laughs> yes. not put on, yeah. and three backups behind you not being used or at various stages of being used. Yeah. yeah we don't believe in putting it on the roll. In, in my house, like we have a cat, and uh, <laughs> so if it is ever on the holder, it's actually backwards so that when yeah. the cat sits there and spins it, it doesn't come off. It's the greatest thing we've ever done. That is. That's why I don't have a cat or kid. Wait, wait a minute, Nate. You have children, right? We do. But the greatest thing you've ever done <laughs> is learn to put the toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> I remember the day that I came home and my wife showed me that. like, Because oh, I used to go in and turn it around. And then she showed me that if you turn it backwards, the cat can't unroll it. And I was like, wow. Greatest invention ever. Ever. You're a genius. I mean, light. Uh, yes. Yeah. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of things. modern medicine. It comes right before air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever cleaned up toilet paper all over the place? This is true. Have you ever tried to use it after you roll a whole uh, roll yeah, back into the thing? You can't do that. Your cat yeah. must be bored. It's the we, size of a football. We throw it out. <laughs> we don't roll it back up. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize you were rich. We're so yeah. rich. Well, not during COVID. We, we just we would roll it back up. <laughs> when it became a hot commodity, yeah. then we had yeah. to get a little more disciplined, I guess. I'm just glad you didn't say you reuse it. Yeah, so. we do. Yeah. Both sides. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Might want to take that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want people to get to know us, and that's yeah. our conversation. Yeah, we, so, we yeah. have problems in my so, household. So you, you can <laughs> <laughs> but we know how to put the roll on if we do it. The right way. Aaron, did you have any different answer? That's the right answer. Oh, that's the right answer. Okay. Absolutely. I looked up the patent. For, and it is over the top. So the guy that created <laughs> mm-hmm. toilet paper, unless you watch the Sylvester Stallone movie, the, the shells, I never oh, understood yes, it. Oh, yes, the never, Demolition Man. Never understood it. 
That's yeah. I, no, it's not supposed to. Be yeah, I get it. Yeah, but if we think we're in the future now, maybe we would. <laughs> and once again, there's the first moment of today's episode <laughs> yeah. that the two guys across the table are like, no "I have no idea, idea. who's Sylvester Stallone." <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's like, I've seen the Expendables. I know yeah. who's That's exactly right. Hello. Terminator? No. Don't get it. He wasn't in Terminator. Yeah. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Oh, man. <laughs> well, they're all old white men. Wow. That play. That's true. Old white men that are muscular that That's played true. in movies with very bad dialogue. So be prepared for movie quotes and movie references. Yeah. That from you, one half of the yeah, table. Yeah, from this side. <laughs> what, you guys don't watch movies? I can give you sports references. Yeah. Go and get yeah. this one. Yankees. <laughs> uh, I live under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll call you Patrick. With cats. <laughs> SpongeBob. With only one cat. And, and, and his single greatest accomplishment is learning how to prevent the cat from unrolling toilet paper. That's, uh, I hope we find more though, like more than that. It'll get deeper. Me. Yeah. Oh, it'll yeah. Get deeper. Yeah. We'll let you know every time. We'll be like, and that Nate was it's more important. More important Should than let me your know. toilet paper <laughs> conundrum. All right. Well, this today, what we're going to be getting into is the church and the American church and the church in pandemic and all these things. Uh, we have been walking through these last uh, number of months with uh, the, the pandemic that we're facing. And so I guess I just want to start off by asking you guys, uh, how are things going? I mean, two of us are say more in a, in a lead role for the church and two of you are in uh, student ministry leading out in that way and so we kind of cover the waters a little bit with that um, how are things going yeah I'd say for uh, students I mean the beginning of the pandemic that was a crazy time we just had a spring retreat actually with you guys and yeah. another church involved but uh, we got back at two weeks had great you know involvement at the retreat great attendance once we got back to youth group and all of a sudden it was like hey we can't meet and I was like oh so yeah. then I looked online, I was like, oh, there's this Zoom thing. What's Zoom? I had no idea what <laughs> Zoom was. And so we started going online twice a week. And then, you know, at the first part, it was like, well, these kids loved it. And they're like, wow, yeah. that's so cool. And then after about a month, they're like, eh. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's not, it's not that you worry they're going to go away forever, but it's just like you really want to keep that involvement up. They just had this really cool encounter experience with God. You don't want to let like lose that, sure. you know, traction. Uh, so it's definitely a really, really interesting time. Always, it was like, uh, some people were like, oh, it's COVID, take it easy. And I'm like, no, it's like three times busier because you're trying to FaceTime kids. <laughs> yeah, and right. Yeah. So I actually borrowed my brother-in-law's PS4 and was like playing Madden <laughs> against students online. And yeah, I have never done that before. I, I, during the pandemic, I actually went out and bought an Xbox One <laughs> simply <laughs> to play with students. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your patience. And, <laughs> and right now there are people or whenever they listen, they'll be like, oh, yeah. You had to play video games, which goes back to what Joe said. Like, right. like we pay your salary right. and you were <laughs> video games. Right. Um, definitely the pandemic, like the COVID crisis and Zoom, it was it was a novelty at first. I mean, yeah. in a business world sense, obviously, it's much more important and it's going to live on. But when you're dealing with students or like I have the young adult study, um, and we had it and our Aaron kind of led the way in that, but we had it available for other Bible studies. Yeah. Um, I think varying levels of uh, success and people joining, but even the ones that would, it started off great after a period of time, they're like, mm, or I could just continue to stream right. things on There's Netflix a lot of competition out yeah. there. I don't yeah. need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was relearning a whole new way. It's so much different to talk to people yeah, through sure. a camera and yeah. figure that out and, um, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some people are still on zoom. We have a couple of ladies Bible studies that are still meeting on zoom and it's, 
I just had a conversation with one Sunday night and I was like, Oh, you're still doing that. Like I was like, that's, that's a, that would be a long journey. I feel like if we're yeah. still on zoom right now. So I'm thankful we're at least able to get together in a pavilion outside yeah. with masks on and such, but it, it's a whole different world, whole different world on zoom. Yeah. So what have you guys yeah. found that has, cause hopefully pastors are listening and leaders are listening, church leaders. And uh, even if you're out there and you've found some things that have worked for engagement, because that's what we're really talking about is getting people engaged with each other, building community in the current climate that we find ourselves in. But what have you guys found has been, uh, Zoom is one of them, but what are the things that have worked to help engage people with each other, to not make people feel like they're isolated? Uh, have you found anything that's worked really well? Uh, or even for a season, even in this season, have you found anything that really has helped? I find that uh, social media is a great place for <laughs> honest, sincere dialogue. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, no the, grandstanding there at all. No, no yeah, yeah, no, just yeah. It's very balanced. I found. Um, no, but seriously, uh, outside of Zoom, you know, in that initial uh, complete, you know, lockdown type place where you're not supposed to be out. I mean, aside from directly messaging or having a phone conversation, uh, that would be, there, there weren't many options. As it started to lift a little bit, um, I know a group of us tried to go around and <clears throat> hand out, you know, a little, a card thinking of you, sure. let us know. Yeah. Uh, and we just spent a lot of time trying to encourage the people of the church to do that as well. Like, you know, everybody knows somebody, everybody has relationships that have been severed now because they couldn't gather not just leadership not being able to lead on a Sunday morning, but those people who you used to sit next to or you were in care groups with, um, you know, trying to encourage the body to join us in that labor. Like, okay, you pick up your phone, call each other, check on each other. Um, and if we all do that, then uh, we will preserve in a different way, a weird sure. way, we'll preserve yeah. that community until these restrictions are lifted. And that happened, you know, that was encouraging when yeah. that would happen and we would hear of people reaching out to each other and checking in on each other and letting us know, Hey, I, uh, you know, I spoke with this person from church or I spoke with them That's and they're great. doing okay. So kind of the church being the church, like right. we're supposed to be doing. Right. Nate, you were doing videos on yeah. uh, TikTok and or yeah, Tic Tac or whatever. Tic Tac. Uh, like you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Joe's I almost the... got the dance down. I'm, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. do any of that stuff. <laughs> no, we did. Uh, so we started off, we were making like some YouTube videos and stuff to kind of try to take the place of what would happen on Wednesday night uh, in YouTube and stuff. And I just found that. While engagement was great in the first three videos, after that, it just kind of dropped way off. And I remember asking students, uh, a couple students, like, hey, what, like, what would you guys watch? They're like, well, if you could have it under a minute, that would be great. <laughs> I think I saw under a minute. Are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I found myself see, trying to see how much stuff I could pack into less than a minute on TikTok. And uh, it went really, really well for, for quite a while. And then we kind of took a break kind of going into the summer and, and kind of different things. We're getting ready to, to actually start that back up with YouTube and some TikTok videos, uh, both together, try to give them some more content, even if maybe we hit another time where we can't meet. Um, but that worked really well sure. for us uh, to kind of create conversation and engagement. And even for our church, one of the things that we were able to use is a, a platform to be able to produce uh, a live stream that would go out to Facebook and our website, YouTube, and uh, we were able to do a prayer night for 74 mm -hmm. days in a row. And it was, and 
the cool thing is what we found, one of the things we found is when you're live on Facebook, if you can acknowledge people that are there present and it, it, you can encourage them to engage just by typing in stuff, uh, the engagement goes up because like, oh, he sees that I'm here. Oh, he, he responded to what I said and uh, the environment that we were in, uh, you could put their comments up on the screen. And so there was this real high interactive piece that was, even today, we're still doing the prayer and share time. Uh, we're going to try some other things. We're doing uh, stuff even before the service, pre-service, you know, kind of doing that same kind of thing, welcoming people in. Here's a question of the morning. Here's our announcements just to get people to engage uh, those that are present in person and those that are online to feel like they're all part of the same community and uh, doing that. Aaron, do you guys have anything that uh, really helped? Um, I mean, yeah, I think it, when we got to the distancing part, I was really encouraging the students, even when we were meeting on Zoom or if I would get together with them in a uh, Zoom call with a smaller group or whatever it was, uh, I'm encouraging to reach out to those that hadn't been on and also the ones that had been on because it's really easy to catch up with somebody when you're at youth group. But when you're not at youth group, it almost kind of goes without thinking. You're like, oh, I haven't seen them in so long, but I don't even notice it. And so um, almost starting to create in them or try and encourage them to have the mindset of the church, like we're talking about the body of Christ, um, that we would assume adults would do, but trying to even begin that with them as students. And it's really actually um, done really, really well. The students have. Uh, because even when we got back, I've got older students that right now, they're anytime a new kid comes, they're like swarming them a little bit because they're like, oh, I want to want to get to know you. But also just to give them a touch point for that new person or that young person who's only been coming for a few months. Uh, having a older student is very impressionable because you're like, oh, that person really uh, uh, cares about me. Yeah. And that person really you know tries to invest in me. And even if they don't notice it quite yet. I think they'll realize after a few months, maybe a year, they'll realize, well, that person, whoever it was, really helped me kind of feel a part of things. Yeah. And once they feel a part of things, then it turns into, I'm going to go, you know, encourage my other friend or somebody I don't know as well. That's great. And so it's, it's been really good. I, I actually, from a distance, was watching Joe and Nate's, you know, prayer and share times, and they would do these game nights. And my <laughs> wife and I would join a couple of times, and it was, yeah. it was a great time. Um, so that was really sweet, even just, you know, even if we didn't join every one of them. Uh, being able to see that was actually encouraging because a lot of times with you know not being able to be together, sure, uh, it's difficult. You you definitely feel like you're on an island, <laughs> and then so seeing that happening, seeing you know meeting families from a different church that I don't know, you know eventually yeah. maybe I'll meet, get to meet in person, but. Um, but it was just really cool, and they did a really, really good job. I'll just pat them on the back, and all that's. But they did a really good job through that season, you know, seeing you know their involvement and seeing uh, those families really enjoying those games. I definitely used a lot of the games Joe did <laughs> for you know Zoom calls and stuff. So, and we're still doing some of them, so it's good. And that was the value I think that we found <clears throat> was a Zoom call is is a private a private room, and everybody knows that you're there. When we do the prayer and share, when we do the um, we did the family game nights and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was broadcast on Facebook. People were sharing it. It was out there. And so people could kind of get a glimpse of church and a glimpse of community and be a part of it. Um, and I think that helps. Uh, there's, a, there's a time and a place for Zoom, and it's very profitable, very useful. Uh, but as far as even being able to welcome people into a conversation, welcome people into the life of the church, kind of at arm's length, get to see like, okay, you guys aren't a bunch of, weird okay, you are weirdos, but you know, <laughs> uh, I think that that's been really helpful because we've been able to reach people uh, around the world. Uh, and I don't, I mean, doors have opened up for us to be able to, uh, to invest in people's lives in Brazil and California and other places, and they continue on. And, 
so that's encouraging to us that, to be able to uh, really by God's, God's direction to engage with people in this time. Uh, because, and this is kind of where we're leading to a little bit, that I think the church looks different today than it did six months ago. And I think sometimes uh, people are, are getting angry, they're growing weary for sure. Uh, but it's not, church doesn't look like, it doesn't fit the mold of what church has looked like. And so we are clamoring for, like, we really want church to be church as opposed to saying, okay, this is a different season. How can we be the church in this season as opposed to, like, pushing for this, this is what it's supposed to look like? And one of the things that was impressed upon me is, as a church, and I'm asking you guys, are we supposed to be uh, the American church? Is that a thing? Or are we supposed to be an expression of the church in America? I mean, I know what I think, and I think I know what you guys think too, but to have that conversation, uh, because I think people are becoming disenfranchised. Pastors are becoming disenfranchised. People in church are becoming disenfranchised because church doesn't look like church used to look, and when it doesn't look like it used to look, then it's not the church, and the church is failing, or uh, we need to overthrow the government or something so that we could have church back, as opposed to we just need to be the church in whatever situation we find ourselves in. And I know I'm talking a lot, but I want to say this, that, that we are called to love God, love, love people, and make disciples. And so in whatever place we find ourselves in, shouldn't that be what we're supposed to do? You know, I think of Paul chained to a, a jailer or, a, you know, a guard, and he didn't say, man, if I could just be out of here, I could go share the gospel. If I could just be out of here, I could go live. No, he sharing the gospel with those he's in chain with. And it just, and I think sometimes we, we, we need to get over ourselves a little mm-hmm. bit as a church, as people, as Christ followers, and maybe, yeah. Yeah, you know, you think about church, you think about the Bible, this thing that, that, is, that is timeless and it, as cross-cultural as it could ever be, something that was designed that way to, to surpass culture mm. for all of history. And now I feel like here in America, we've boiled it down to 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. <laughs> right. we, have to, we have to be together. we got to sit in, in pews, and, and that's what church is. And I, I don't really think that is the way that it was designed right. to always be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly how it wasn't. It wasn't that way all down through the last 2,000 years no. of history. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think for sure there's, uh, let's be clear, that there, COVID is just the latest reason. Yep. Uh, the church has been on the decline mm. in America in the sense of adherence and attendance and um, what have you for a while. And that is due to a number of things. But this uh, crisis, if you will, or pandemic was a way to really put the church itself to a test. Whether sure. we whether you want to get into God did this thing or like, I'm not going there. What I'm saying is when that thing that you call church, which is going Sunday morning uh, for an hour to two hours, depending when that thing was prevented from happening, did you lose your faith? Hmm. Did you lose your sense of identity as a follower of Christ? And unfortunately many, many people did. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of us were, uh, I want to be clear there too. It, it affected me. Sure. Uh, the first few weeks was um, my identity, our identity. Again, to leaders listening, that's what we do, right? Yeah. Whether we like it or right. not, we disciple throughout the week. Hopefully, <laughs> we have a heart for the church outside of the meetings. 
but so much of what we do is geared around what is the, the teaching series we're in, uh, what does Sunday morning look like, and how are we doing in all the programming that goes on around that day. And when that's taken away, we were all kind of kicked out of the nest, yeah. so to say, and going, okay, how do I do this well for the church, but also how much of myself is wrapped up in if I'm preaching mm. or if I'm leading? Yeah. And how much of my week is just shaped around getting ready for Sunday? Right. Yeah. And when you took that away, uh, there were like there were dark days in the beginning. There were moments of like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? And um, and yet the Lord, in that season, kind of reworked even in me. You know, there's a lot of times we want to point outward and say, "You people just come on Sundays," and yeah, right. you know, you just this isn't what church is. And yet, again, like I just said, so much of my time was catered around that event. Um, and so it was it was difficult at first, um, and then we had to learn uh, new ways as we've already talked about doing things, but um, unfortunately, the part that I think where we're also going here is um, people weren't silent. <laughs> there wasn't right. a silence. Uh, there was an abundance of noise, mm -hmm. an abundance of um, voices. Sure. Um, and I think as we I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump the lead there. Let Aaron come in if he wants on this point here before we get there. But um, you know, from the very beginning of uh, the COVID crisis, we had a leadership meeting, and I just remember this deep sense of us. We had agreement. This is going to be a revealing season for the church right. because we now, for the first time in generations here, are going to be facing um, this inability to just do whatever we want, however we want. Right and whenever we want and that was difficult so yeah those are my initial thoughts i have a lot more to say but that's you gotta it. get off your soapbox here yeah okay. let me step down and <laughs> yeah i think it's uh as as human beings i think when we have something set in our mind that we want to do or we had planned to do it i know you see it a lot in like kids but also us as adults we have our thing our, like if we want to go out to eat to this place on this date and all of a sudden something yeah. came up that we can't go we're like what I wanted to go, you know, and you can name that for a sporting event or whatever it might be for you, but that's kind of how it was for church, and, you know, and I think a lot of people in America, especially, it was the first time they weren't allowed, you know, allowed to go to church because most church leaders were being cautious and wanted to, uh, you know, serve out of love and just, right. you know, making sure people are safe. That was our first priority, um, and that was the first time they were like, you know, oh, yeah, we're not going to church. And it kind of shakes people up. It shakes leaders up, like we're saying. Um, but it's an interesting thing of where we find ourselves when we're met with that um, disappointment, where we can't do that. It's where we go from there is what really, you know, what really God kind of challenges us with. Because we can be disappointed. Like we just said, we were all, you know, it's a different season of life. But where God meets us at that disappointment and what we do with it really is what boils down to uh, how we're doing in our relationship with God because, and it also our role within the body of Christ. You know, we're not just going to church to fill that seat and, you know, our seat is going to be there the next Sunday and that's our most involvement we have with God. No, you know, our involvement with God should be every single day and we should be making disciples and loving others throughout the whole week. And I think what really puts to a test is we enjoy going to church. We enjoy getting together. We enjoy worshiping together as a body. But when it's on a YouTube video with you and your wife or you and your family, it's different. Sure. It's change. And so it's, a, it's an interesting way because 
even as adults, we feel that we are in pretty decent control. And, you know, as teenagers, they're probably like, my parents just tell me what I have to do. <laughs> and, right. you know, they're not in complete control really yet. And ultimately, none of us are in control. God's watching over us and guiding and directing us. But it's a, it really tests our heart in our position with God when we don't get our way in a sense. And we have to figure out, okay, what does God really want me to do in this season of life? Because it's never been this way for me. And I need to figure out what I can do for God in this season of life. Yeah. It, it's interesting, like what you're saying, it almost poses the question, uh, now I'm walking into kind of this unknown, and now I have to really be intentional about what I'm doing and what God wants me to do, and I can't just easily walk through these motions and check off these boxes, because the boxes that existed don't really exist right, right now, right. and now I really have to dive into, man, what does it really look like to follow Jesus? What does it really yeah. look like to participate in a community of people that follow Jesus? What does that really look like now that these superficial boxes don't exist anymore? Um, so what, is, what does that mean in my own life? And right. I think asking that question for a lot of people is, is really difficult. It, you know, in a time of pandemic or a time of difficulty, somebody has said that you, you shrink down to the level of your training, that it becomes very real and revealing of, oh, I love Jesus. because. The reality that we're all facing is that what we're facing is it is a big deal in the sense of it's it's kind of messed everything up, but it's not a huge deal in the sense that I you guys I we can all be online and we can talk about Jesus and we can share the gospel and we can do whatever we want to do. It's gonna look it just looks different, but we can do whatever we want to do. And people are like oh, I mean, I think about it like we've got a splinter. You're like, oh, you know, and then we go on Facebook and we talk about how we're being so maligned and everything is so horrible. And yet people who claim the name of Christ around the world are being put to death, are right. being put in prison right. because they say they follow Jesus. We can go and do anything we want. It just, we can't, it doesn't look like it used to. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the frustrating points for me. Even, like, even people that complain about face masks. Right. That... Yep. I can't worship. Yeah, you can worship with a face mask. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Again, there are people that, that are being put in prison because they yeah. say they follow Jesus, and you, put a, you can't put a piece of cloth <laughs> over your face as an act of love to somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where the American church comes in. Ugh. We're not yeah. being the body of Christ church in America. We're becoming the American church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My rights, <laughs> mm-hmm. what right. I want... Yeah. So, I mean, and that, that's, you know, again, as a leader, we're, we're tasked with this weird thing about we're, we're called to shepherd and love the church. Sure. Uh, and as people have famously said, right, sheep bite. <laughs> you know, like, it's very difficult. Um, that gets said a lot uh, and something we have to learn. However, there is a place um, where we have to call things out as for what they are. Sure. And that's what I think is, is difficult to play this balance because we must be gracious. Mm-hmm. We have got to extend grace to people, but we also can't allow them to settle is the way I view it. They're settling for a lesser than version of the church. Mm-hmm. This expression of it being Christ lived out through the body of believers, through us by a spirit that he puts in us to, to bring unity to us and to live our lives as this expression sure. of presence in one another's lives and in this world and so when somebody says um i cannot worship or i won't worship uh until this mandate is lifted or until you do it this way 
then there is there there may just it may be just an opinion but more honestly than not um i'm trying to be cautious here but i just <laughs> i just have to say for what it is there's a lacking in you yeah and your understanding of the church and if i as a as a person tasked by the lord which we don't carry that mantle very well either we like to shy away and be falsely humble sometimes but if the lord has you leading in the church in his bride right in a local expression then god has seen fit that at this moment in time you you and your group are the people he's asking to do that and right. you have an obligation to look at somebody and say as you said there are people hiding in homes right and losing their life right so that they can hear the word of God right. and they can pray together. And you're going to tell me, I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> and you guys are, you know, then the attack comes. Okay, let's be real, real. Sure. That's <laughs> the right. attack comes. And it's, you guys are fearful. Mm. No, I'm not afraid of anything. You know what? Yeah. If I'm afraid of anything, I'm afraid of perpetuating this false view of the church. Yeah. Yeah. This idea that if the government says we cannot do this or that, that the church will shrivel up and die. Yeah. It is exactly the opposite if you study the Christianity in the world. If we get out of America, we see persecution come and the church explode from right. Acts to yeah. today. And persecution comes, scattering happens, the church advances. Yeah. And so we're afraid of masks. <laughs> you know, we're, well, maybe this is the very best thing that could have happened um, in some ways, you know. Sure. Um, people, you know, not COVID and people dying, but mm -hmm. the church needs to be um, smacked in the face, so to say, like, like in a movie a when someone's just losing their mind and someone's yeah. got to come up and say, like, sm you know, snap out of it. I'm serious. Yeah, you know, I'm shook up even. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm shook up in the sense of, yeah. like, yeah. I think we've gotten so comfortable mm -hmm. to, yeah. like, this is what we do, and, and we work to the weekend. We mm -hmm. work to 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, and, and it's all about the show. And uh, I've said forever, I don't want it to be, like, I don't want to play church. I don't want to, I want us to be the church. I want to love God, love people, make disciples. That's what we want to be about in whatever context that is. And it's so important because it's not going to get better. It's not going to be like, you know, but after we get out of this season, actually it's going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in all reality, uh, and I've said this from the platform in our church, is there's going to be a day when the truth that we speak from the word of God is going to be considered hate speech. Yeah. There's going to be a day when there are things that we say that's true. It is. Yeah. But it's going to become even more of like, right. it's going to be not so much, oh, you're a jerk for saying that. It's going to be like, no, you're going to prison or you're no longer a church as America would define it. You no longer have your tax exempt status. You're, things are going to happen. And, and we're crying about things and, and being real. We're yeah. crying about things that in the, in, the, in the whole context, the whole view of things, like this is... We're making such a big deal, and I think maybe social right. media blows it up. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, that guy agrees with me, and, and you guys are all <laughs> jerks. And um, yeah, the question is, is like when that does happen, and what what is preached and what is said um, becomes hate speech or illegal. Is is the church still the church, and is God still God, and is God still in control? <laughs> right. And mm -hmm. what does it look like then? And yeah. yeah, I I want to be real, uh, you know, uh, in these moments, uh, I've I've encountered people over the years, you know, like um, much in the way of evangelism, it's like we've got to go, and again, this may be you if you're listening, and it worked for you, and 
praise God that it did, but we're going to get 50 people and we're going to go to this community that uh, we're going to drive, you know, or run a mission trip and we're just going to hit the streets and we're going to tell everybody about Jesus. And that's, we're going to be bold and we're going to be brave. Um, and I've always had a deep sense in those moments of that costs you very little. Mm, sure. You know, yeah. I, I, I jokingly say as <laughs> when I was a kid, when we'd go on vacation, uh, my family, we would do things, right? And one of the common phrases was like, we're never going to see these people again. <laughs> right. you know, so we would just act the fool around <laughs> right. people. Like we'd just be silly and use accents or just whatever, things that were like, we're never going to see them. And I, that's that form of evangelism. In the COVID crisis, I've seen it as there were places that have said, we're going to dig our heels and say, no, we're not going to bow mm. to the government. Sure. We're yeah. going to keep doing things business as usual. And everyone should be led by their own convictions. Sure. But what, what, I, what we encountered as leaders then is, well, why are you guys shutting down? You know, these people down the road, they're not stopping because they're, they, they're strong in their faith and they're not fearful and you're fearful. And I think in a sense, it's a cheap form of boldness. And what I mean by that is it's much more difficult as a church leader to close the doors. Yes, yeah, for any reason, right? It's like you do not want to. There's no joy in that. No one's looking for a day off, right? <laughs> and and but yet the higher level of boldness is to say, God, this thing has happened, yeah. and we're going to trust you, and we're going to be faithful, and we're going to look to your word, and your word tells us to love all. Mm. And right now we need to love our neighbors and our communities well, and the people outside of the church need to see that the church is governed in, in by love sure. and by faith that we don't need to panic. We're not a business that's going to say, if I can't be open for a couple of days, you know, or weeks or months, this is, this is over. We're going to have faith that you said that you're building your church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right. And so this thing is nowhere near out of your control. So give us wisdom, Lord, and how to operate. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think through this season, we kind of, it's almost like we go back to the basics of yeah. what our faith in God really is. And if we look at, you know, the opportunity we have to, for one, realize that God is still in control. And even if we aren't open for five months or three months or a few weeks or one Sunday, um, we don't have to fear because ultimately God is still in control. God sees us right where we are. No matter where you're at through this pandemic, God sees you. And so as a believer, when we, you know, sit back and we're like, hey, we're not going to church this Sunday, our mind shouldn't just be like, oh, let's just throw a sports center on or let's just put Netflix on and watch a movie. Is that personal? <laughs> no, no, yeah. But there's a desire within us to have community right. even outside of not being able to go to church. And so um, going back to the basics, like Mike said, he's talking about our lives should be a representation of Christ. Sure. And, you know, and if it worked for you to go take a group of people and share the gospel, that's awesome. Praise God. But when you come back to the real world where you live, it should still be happening. Right. It may not be the yeah. mapped out uh, precision that you made to go share the gospel that trip. But every single day you should be living your life as Christ would be honored and glorified from. Because ultimately, yeah, we're, we're people here serving in a church. But ultimately, we're also believers, just as anybody is. You right. know, just because we're a, in a pastoral role does not mean we're exempt from living a life that honors Christ. Right. And so I think it's a great reminder to come back to the basics and realize because we're not in church, we still can't be the capital C church body of Christ, loving, caring, serving, being there for one another, uh, being able to be Christ's hand and feet during this time of very much difficult times. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, back to what you just said. It takes a whole lot more work 
and I guess back to what you said as well, Mike, it takes a whole lot more work and a lot more sacrifice to through a relationship that you've made sacrifices for Mm -hmm. to share the gospel rather than, man, I'm just going to walk up to this stranger and and blurt out a couple verses. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, That that is cheap, as you said. And I also remember, uh, back to what you said, Mike, um, I remember for, for our youth group, I feel like we were finally kind of making ground uh, right before COVID and everything happened. We had retreats and it's been kind of like a year coming of kind of rebuilding a youth group and stuff. And we finally were making ground. I, I was like, man, we are finally <laughs> breaking through. And then I remember when we had made the decision to uh, just kind of postpone in-person gatherings. And I was kind of thinking, this is a really hard decision. <laughs> this take it would have been a whole lot easier Sure. To just say, man, we're just going to keep we're, we're just going to keep meeting, and it's going to be an act of faith. That would have been cheap and easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to say, man, we're we're going to trust God through this, in in spite of we were finally making momentum, um, we're gonna we're gonna postpone in person stuff, and we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna really trust God with what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I remember we had canceled Sunday morning service, and at the elder meeting on Saturday, you know, we were like, oh, I was like, oh, can we still have youth group? You know, because it was under the <laughs> it was under the numbers, and I told Kelly, I was like, "We have to have youth group, you know, know, like we should, you know." And then I was and like, did. "We had youth group that night." And Kelly looked at me after she goes, "That was, I had like a heart attack." You know, they weren't they weren't doing their best to distance because it wasn't normal yeah. yet. You know, yeah, it was right. literally just starting. School was still happening. Um, all these things are going on, and so it's hard to tell a kid, "Hey, don't touch that kid." Well, yeah. and it's like, "Oh, don't high five." What? I can't high five a kid. Right. You know? And even then, we play. You know games now and it's like oh you want to high five because that's encouraging you know it's a good uh you know whatever but like oh no we can't do that and so it's it like changes the uh, idea of what you what you can do at youth group and such but i remember having that that night and i was like oh that was good you know and then <laughs> i get home and kelly's like no we should not do that again <laughs> and i was like oh okay um <laughs> yeah. but it was a hard decision because like nate said it's like you're making traction and that's yeah. that's a desirable thing students enjoy going to youth group and that's a good thing uh, so it was a hard decision, but like Nate said, you have to make a tough decision sometimes. And ultimately that did mean that we, I mean, our jobs got a little busier during that season of life, trying yeah. to figure out how to reach out to those students. But ultimately God is still in control and we can't hold our ministries with a closed fist right. saying, oh, we got, I can't change this. We have to have it with an open palm and allowing God to lead and guide and direct us. Uh, Aaron, one of the blessings that you alluded to earlier uh, that I think is important is it helps us to kind of get back to really what we're called to do. And that's, uh, as I've said it a thousand times, and the Bible says it more than me, but that we love God, love others, and make disciples. How do we do that in this, in this time? And I think, if anything, as a church and as churches, we should be looking at through that lens, not what, you know, what is the win for us? Is the win that we finally, uh, we finally got Sunday morning looking like we wanted to is, is the, is the win Sunday morning or is the win that we make disciples? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the key in all that is that, that we understand that how do we, what can we do to, to really make disciples? What does that look like? If what we're doing now is about the show and not about making disciples, then maybe we should stop doing the thing that we thought we should be doing and get back to saying, no, that's not helping us make disciples. Let's, let's do something different. And so <laughs> we've been, we're, Getting to the end here, and we've been talking a lot about kind of the negative side of the church and the American church and things. And so uh, if we could end with or we could get our conversation wrapped up with, so what is God's dream for his church? Because as much as we love our church, as much as we love the people in our church, God loves his bride way more than we do. And he loves the people in your church, even the people that you 
might wish we're at another church, you know, in, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Not us. You, you, we don't do that in no. our church. Uh, no. You know, what, what does that look like? And, and I, would, I would begin that line of thought with saying, if, it's, if whatever we do, it looks like us leading people to a deeper love of God, a deeper love of other people, a deeper uh, understanding and walking out, making disciples, so that no matter, because there's going to be another pandemic, there's going to be another bad thing that happens. Uh, how do we lead people through this? And how do we continue to give them perspective through the next thing that comes? So that no matter what happens, it's, it, it is shrinking down to the level of your training. If we lead people to a place of understanding that no matter what happens, you do these three things. So that if you're in prison, you do those things. If you're uh, walking in a season of, of positivity, you do those three things. If, you're, if your church closes down, you still do those three things. I was trying. I was go. trying not to jump. That's right okay. In. Go ahead, Mike. Um, go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to be. Uh, You're on the edge of your seat there. Yeah. Um, what I would say to that is, if this falls under, you know, as I'm as you're speaking, we're talking about, you know, what it, how do we weather these storms, and what do we want people to to take away and understand? My feeling on that is, God has brought things to the surface. And, it, and it's very complex because for each person, it's different. I know for myself, it's been a season of uh, God giving me a greater sense of empathy and grace to extend toward the church. It, it initially was not. Initially, it was, you know, things were happening and I went on the defensive. You know, I'm like, you know, um, that's just the default. Uh, and I'm, I, not in a way like, well, I want to fight and I don't like you, but... I just felt like from the beginning, I'm like, oh, you know, we have to be governed by our understanding and our, our faith, our doctrine, our theology. So the, the word of God tells me that God is sovereign, right? And that he's all knowing. And if I've accepted those things and the other things, he's all powerful. He, you know, uh, he's perfect in everything he does. Um, if I've accepted those things in my mind, when I, when I accepted Christ, and I came into the church, probably initially I didn't have this great understanding, but through the years, what I've gained through study is if God is the God of the Bible, which I say a lot of times, if he's this, if this is true as I read it, then these things of the world do not get to override or supersede who he is. And so that becomes my, those become my guardrails. Like when you go bowling with your kids and you put the bumpers in, like I'm not going to go into the gutter. I can't. Right. Because in order to go that far over, or in order to allow my, um, you know, my view of the world take me and steer me into this place, there's boundaries that I can't cross without forsaking my faith. Right. And so I struggled initially with people who were going to those places. I'm like, wait a second, God doesn't, he cannot be this today, before COVID, he's this God, and now today he's a new version Okay. Yeah. And you're not saying that because that would sound offensive, but your actions are screaming it right now. You know, it, it's panic is ensuing. And, um, I mean, we remember having conversations saying, if this is what they say it is, if it's horrible, God is still God. Right. Yeah. And that's a hard truth. Right. So what I, what I mean by that is like, that was my initial response. Then through it, God's saying, yeah, but when you, if you have that understanding of who I am, then you have an obligation mm -hmm. 
to bear with the people that don't with your brothers and sisters and to love them and to give them grace and bring them along. Right. Now, that's all well and good until the other parties don't give you <laughs> grace and then you're like, wait a second, God, what are you doing here? Right. Um, but so that's what I would take. I think what I would take away, uh, and we talk about this often in our private conversations, is it's the basics. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the basics of our faith. Our faith says that we were created by God and that God who created us and everything in the world is a good God. Mm. He's a just God. He's a loving God. He's a God that sent his son to die for us. And he's a God that is going to return to restore all things to the world that we claim we want, that some of us believe exist mm. if COVID doesn't happen, which it doesn't exist here until Christ returns. That is what, when I look at the church, I want to say we've got to come back to the basics and say, who is God? Who does the word of God say he is? And if that's true, I'm going to allow that. When I don't understand what's happening, I'm going to allow that to be my guidelines. And when I don't understand something completely, instead of just spouting off my feelings, I'm going to ask God for wisdom. Because when I don't understand something, what I need is wisdom. That's what, that's my thought. Amen. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, as, as human beings, we like to control things. We like to kind of have our hand on the wheel, if you would, if you will. Um, and I think this season more than anything took our hands off the wheel and it completely took us out of the equation. Um, and like anybody, I plan my day out, you know, I have plans. And so our plans all got, you know, scrambled up and we had to find the the path back to what's our, what's our new plan. I think it's even outside of the church. Um, everyone had that, whether you were not going to work anymore or your kids were home or, uh, whatever it was for you. I think there's a, almost like a relearning of how life works. Mm -hmm. And I think it's challenging within the church, but I think it's even more challenging for those who don't have Christ to rely on. And I think as the body of Christ, our job has never been more important. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we get self-focused like oh poor me i don't get to go to church the way i want to go to church and well i promise you you going to your church the way you want to go to church doesn't fill you up as much as you spending time with god every single day yeah Yeah. and that interaction with the interaction with fellowship is very important but that interaction that time you have with god is even more important and i think it's i've said it again then mike said it again but going back to the basics and allowing ourselves to truly you know be made new with God and allowing God to transform us through his Holy Spirit is very more, very much important right now. Um, cause none of us have arrived. We're not, we're not perfect. We have not figured out exactly what God wants to do in this season or the next season. Um, but continually relying upon God, seeing where he will take us and doing it with a happy heart and a loving heart toward God and others. Because once we start turning the corner to not loving others and not loving God, it gets real ugly. And if we can, if we can center ourselves and refocus ourselves on what God would have us to do, we're going to be in the best place possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, both of you, Mike and Aaron, both kind of talked about when, when things happen and, uh, you almost feel like, man, where, where's God in all of this? Mm -hmm. And, and maybe it's different, maybe God is different now. And, you know, I think back when, uh, even when Jesus was taken and he was put on trial and he was, he was crucified. And I think about the the disciples and what maybe went through their mind is, man, 
you know, does God exist? I even think about what John says, and uh, then you you fast forward to when the church starts to begin to exist in the Book of Acts. And then you read about what what happens in history to the apostles, right? And they're martyred. Yeah, uh, is God still God then? Right. And uh, you know, then I almost look at our modern day twenty first century faith in our view of God, and I think, man, it's a very small, immature view mm-hmm. of who yeah. God is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's due to our lack of experience and what we've currently lived through. And now we're, we're, we're approaching something that's still small compared to people being martyred. Right. right. Um, but I really think going back to what Joe said and what even you guys said about living, no matter what we walk through, living with this trust that God is the same and he's unchanging. Mm. Yeah. And then because of that, we we love him and then because we love him now we can love others and because we love others we make disciples <laughs> right and mm-hmm. welcome to walking out uh the christian life yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and those overriding principles of being a new testament jesus follower in jesus communities even when they don't meet in person yeah. uh you're still you're still a group of people you're still called out with a job and with a purpose yeah and uh wait it's not about what i want when i want it it's yeah not it's about 11 o'clock <laughs> on a sunday morning it's not uh what is that mcdonald's 10 45 10 45 yeah well actually we're 10 45 now if we're gonna do oh, that you know. followers <laughs> they figured out what it was really supposed to be like yeah, that's right yeah. <laughs> we've, we've seen a vision of the promised land and, uh, well it is uh that's the end of our conversation for today and uh, we want to encourage you again to like and follow us on instagram on twitter on facebook join in the conversation uh, there's a lot of things we talked about today about the pandemic. And if you're a pastor, you know, we want to be an encouragement to you. So you could even reach out to us through the website, uh, through any of the social medias. We'd love to hear from you and even the feedback you might have. Maybe we're off base right. on some things, uh, but we're just trying to walk through this. And, and Maybe uh, you are. I, well, maybe one quarter of us is <laughs> off base. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we're here to, uh, to really just keep the conversation going and encourage you, challenge each other. Uh, a lot of times we agree on things, and, uh, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, we're just trying to, to walk through this together. But until the next time, uh, keep moving forward, keep walking in faith. Really, if I can stand on this soapbox to say keep loving God, keep loving people, and keep making disciples, yeah. and we'll see you next time. <laughs>